those feelings of doubt, sometimes still those feelings of guilt and shame. What do I do about those? I let somebody know, you know, because nobody can help me if I don't tell them where it hurts. And, you know, let's not make any mistake about it. I still hurt, you know, I still struggle. I have tools today. I have people today and things that I know will help me. And it feels so good. Stories are powerful. Powerful. Welcome to the Rise, Recover, Live podcast brought to you by The Phoenix. This is a space where people impacted by substance use can come to share their story of strength and resilience, get open and honest, and inspire hope and build community through shared experience. We'll be talking to people in our community on their own recovery journey and shine a light on the topic of recovery in all its forms. Maybe you'll hear some of your story in theirs. Let's show the world that together we rise, recover, and live. Welcome, everybody, to yet another wonderful episode of the Rise Recovery Live podcast. I am your host, Bryce the Third. he, him pronouns, and that is Psych Nall. Liz is not here today, <laughs> and it is just me and my guest. I'm running it solo. Shout out to you, Liz, out on the road, headed to where my yeah, guest today is. actually is. You know, so no room for banter because I don't have a co-host. So we're just going to dig straight into the interview. Oh, yeah. yeah. So off camera, uh, (laughs) Dina said, if there's ever a time where Liz cannot be here, she will love to be the (laughs) co-host. So this this will be the test, the test trial run. So I'd like to introduce everybody to Dina Gonzalez Perez. Did I say that right? Yep. Gonzalez Perez. Gonzalez Perez. Mm-hmm. How are you, Dina? I am well. I am blessed. Um, and everything is as it should be at this moment. Mm, I like that answer. Yeah. I'm, I'm already feeling the energy already. Right? Mm. Good day. So one thing about Dina, uh, when I came on board to the Phoenix, uh, the, I was one of two program coordinators that started the Detroit chapter. And to be honest with you, I didn't really know too much about the organization. I was on staff before, like I knew a, a lot, a lot, right? Um, I just knew there was cool people here that were doing cool work and I was ready to contribute. And so I, I took the onboarding course and there's like this training, this onboarding as an employee. And one of the videos that I watched, one of the first faces I seen was Dina's face. And it was unlike any onboarding that I've ever done for an organization to to watch Dina's story unfold and how the Phoenixes impacted her. And it was almost like a watershed moment. I was like, oh, like this is going to be different. Like this is a different organization. And we were talking a bit about that before we cut the cameras on. Like that it was like a document documentary style story on how you found the Phoenix in, in your specific story. So uh, just Let's let's get into it. Like tell tell us a bit about you. Tell us how you ended up on the onboarding call of an organization like the Phoenix. And who are you? Well, my name is Dina Gonzalez Perez, and I am a grateful person in recovery. And I say that first on this documentary, this podcast, because without my recovery, I don't exist. It comes before everything that I am. And it took me a while to get there. And I am so grateful that God kept me around to do things like this and to help other people who suffer from the disease of addiction, who suffer from 
just whatever it is that isn't right in their life and giving me the courage to speak up so that I can help other people get strength and try to move past what they're going through, you know, help, helping them walk through it so they can get past it because that's what was done for me. So that's what, that's what I love to do. Give you a little history about myself. I'm 56 years old. I was born and raised here in Dorchester, Massachusetts, Beantown. Proud to be from here. Had a pretty good um, childhood growing up. But, you know, as we know, there are some things in, in life that we don't talk about until it comes to a point that you don't have a choice. You got to because it's showing its ugly, rearing its ugly head. I grew up um, with very, very loving mother. My mother was my mother and father because my father died in uh, Vietnam. Um, so my mother was my mother and my father, and she always kept a roof under my over my head, clothes on my back, food in the fridge. Great mom. But I do come from a family of alcoholism. And um, a couple of my family members were drug addicted also. Um, and I think that my family suffered from a lot of depression because back in that era, what happened to you stayed in the house. You don't go and you talk, don't talk about it. Um, I'm from the old, old, old school where uh, what happens with you stays with you and that's it. Um, buck up and get over it, you know? So I am a victim and a survivor of childhood sexual um, molestation. Um, I was molested and raped for a couple of years um, by one of my mom's boyfriends. And she didn't have a clue. And I was made to believe that if I talked about it or I told anybody, my mother would kick me out. Um, the police would come get me. Everybody would hate me. You know, all those things that our predators want us to believe. And when you're young, you believe it. Um, until I got to an age where I knew it was wrong, but the guilt and shame and all that stuff kept me from saying anything about it. So I stuffed it, just stuffed it, stuffed it to where it didn't even exist, even before my drug use. So I think maybe that's something that was just waiting for me in the later years. I went to, um, graduated from high school. I worked at Liberty Mutual. I worked at um, Coolidge Bank. I had really good jobs growing up. Did a lot of things. Fitness was included in my life. I had two children, a boy and a girl, Nico and Dia, who I love with everything that I am. Um, they are my lights. And um, at 29, something happened. I won't go into all of that, but something happened and some floodgates were opened and all of a sudden all of this stuff just came back, came back, come, came back. And uh, it wasn't a deja vu anymore. I was really sexually abused. And from the age of 29 to 50, I was heroin addicted. Um, mm. I started off with, you know what? I got a lot of friends who are doing this, but I'm going to do it right. I'm not going to get addicted. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, when you're in pain and something makes you move away from that pain, even if it's just for a little bit, you got no control over that. That first step, unmanageability and all of that stuff. Oh yeah, it hit me in the head like a ton of bricks. On day five or six of using, I knew I was addicted. And oh shit, here we go. You know what I mean? And from that point, I, you know, the, the good jobs that I had, didn't have those anymore. I robbed, I stole, 
from my my jobs that I had, from my friends, from my family. And, you know, I just got to be really honest about these things because I don't care who you are. If you're dope sick, you're going to do what you need to do to get what you need. And if it wasn't nailed down, I was taking it because I needed to feed that addiction. Mm. Um, heroin addiction, I don't know if people know, is a physical thing. If you don't have it, you're deathly ill. So like I said, if it wasn't nailed down, I took it to feed that addiction when I didn't have money. And, you know, the the guilt and the shame of that kept me using even longer because who is this person? I, I didn't even know who I became. I started selling drugs to feed my habit, to take care of my habit. After a couple of years, that got me into trouble with the law. So now I'm a convicted felon. I did two years mandatory in the prison that I visit now to let people know you never have to do this again. Uh, Tables turned real good. I thought that going to jail would be my bottom because they say everybody has one. When I first got to jail, my first six months, my uh, my grandfather died and they buried him on my birthday. And my last seven months in jail, my mother had a massive heart attack and my brother committed suicide. So mm. when I got out of jail, I picked up where I left off because in jail, you can't grieve anything. I don't care what yeah. it is. That's not the place for it. You know, and my brother and I had a lot of plans. And when I came home, he wasn't there. My mother mm. aged like 20 or 30 years just from me being in jail and losing him. So I picked up where I left off and right back to the same shit, you know, using jobs, losing jobs, losing my apartment, losing everything, you know, so it, it was a, it was a rough trip. I thank God that my children were able to be with family um, because I wasn't in a position to help them. But you know what, Bryce, even when I thought I was the worst mother in the world, you know what my kids told me? They're like, mommy, who taught you? Who, who do you think taught us how to say please and thank you? Who do you think taught us to respect ourselves and others and help people and not hurt them and, and all of those good things? You did. You're not a bad mother. You're just sick and you just need some help. You know, and those are the type of kids that I have. And my family never gave up on me. They just waited for me to come back because they knew who I who I was, you know. And I try to tell everybody all those things that you did out there, those are just things that you did. That's not who we are. Nobody signs up for addiction. Nobody says, you know what, pass me that paper. Um, I want to be a junkie and I want everything that it entails. I want all the misery, um, the lies, the deceit, um, the shame the guilt, all of that stuff that comes with it. Nobody signs up for that. And through it all, do I like the path that I went on? No, I don't. But you know what? It brought me to where I am today. My last day of using was August 26th, 19, um, 2016. And uh, that day I tried to commit suicide. And my husband, knowing me like he does, heard me saying goodbye to him on the phone. I was on Blue Hill Ave at the zoo waiting for the biggest 18-wheeler truck to come the fastest because I didn't want to mess it up. Mm. And um, my daughter is one of those where, you know, mommy, if you love me, you would stop. You know, I can't stand this. You need to stop using and blah, blah, blah. You're ruining our lives and everything. But that day, uh, my husband told her what was going on and she came and she found me. 
And she said to me, you know what, mommy? I love you so much. I don't want you to die. I don't want to miss you like you miss Nani, like how I miss my mother because my mother had passed away. And the bottom line for me was my daughter offering to take care of my addiction if I didn't have money, if I would stay. And uh, that was my bottom right there. No fucking way is my kid going to pay for my addiction just for me to stay. And you know what, Bryce? I wasn't trying to find death. I was just trying to find a little bit of peace, you know, because it just hurt so bad. And the next day I went to detox and um, I've been clean ever since. August 27, 2016 is my clean date. But I don't concentrate on that date. I concentrate on this moment right here, right here. Because you know what they say one day at a time? I have to go one second, one minute, one hour, one day, because sometimes an hour is too much. You know, sometimes an hour is too much. Today, happy tears. You know what I mean? Because no matter what, no matter what happens, I don't have to use. I just lost my sister-in-law two weeks ago. Um, And God knows it hurts really bad. But you know what? I don't have one excuse, not one reason to use. I got a lot of excuses, but not one reason. Let's move this up a little bit because three weeks into my recovery, I found the Phoenix. When I first got clean, a couple of days after, I started this uh, program at Mom's Project. And they were like a one-stop shop um, for counseling, for primary care, um, you know, job search, all of that stuff. So three weeks into my recovery, one of the uh, facilitators, you know, they asked you, you know, what are your hobbies? What do you like? And fitness was one of mine. She said, uh, I got a spot for you. So oh, yeah, where? She said, it's called the Phoenix. I said, oh yeah, what is it? She's like, it's a gym. It's a free gym. And I said, no, she said, it's a gym. I'm going to take you over. I said, well, I'm not working right now. I don't have money to pay for a gym. She said, you don't need any money. It's free. Free? Okay, what's the catch, you know? (laughs) Well, the catch is you got to have 48 hours of continuous sobriety and a commitment to be sober. Oh, I got three weeks. I could go. So uh, I showed up at the Phoenix. We were in this little auditorium down the street from here, right? We had to share a bathroom with the whole building. It was terrible, and I loved it. (laughs) I loved it. I mean, I miss that auditorium sometimes. You know, we talk about it. We find old pictures of us over there. And um, I loved it. You know, instead of um, boxes, we did step-ups on uh, the auditorium stairs. You know what I mean? We did wall balls off the wall, not off of the, the, the targets of the rig. And you know what? The best part was there were people there like me. You know, Mm. people that I can relate to people like when I go to the prison today, I can look the look the women and men in their face and say, I know how you feel because I sat in that seat and I did that. And you know what? Here, everybody's story is not the same. But you know what? Trauma, addiction, recovery, all of those things relate us. So how can we move forward together and help one another walk through it so we can get past it, you know? Mm. I do a lot of the outreach for the Phoenix. I started off as a regular team member. Three weeks into my recovery, then three weeks after that, my son, who supports my recovery, came and joined the gym. 
Then I got my husband up in here. And I got a couple of cousins, a couple of friends. Listen, I rallied the troops. Let's get it. (laughs) They were just as amazed at what goes on here as I was. They told me all I had to do was show up. Scott told me the heaviest thing in the gym is the door. You know what I mean? If I can move that door, then I can move mountains. And listen, sky is the limit. I saw. Today I saw right through them clouds. It's amazing. You know, some of that stuff might sound corny, but you know what? I don't care what it sounds like. That's how I feel because I was in shackles for so long, mentally and spiritually. I don't even care about the physical part of it. You know what I mean? When you're in such despair, you know, again, not trying to find death, just trying to find some peace. And I just kept showing up, showing up. Can I do anything? Can I clean? Can I do? Doesn't matter what, what you need. So Chris Daggett asked me if I would like to be a volunteer and he gave me my first pair of lifters, some Reebok lifters, because I love to lift. So I started volunteering. We moved over to here. I volunteered for about a year and a half. And then Sydney said there was a front desk climate instructor position available. Oh yeah, I'll take that, you know? (laughs) And I couldn't believe that they wanted me at the front desk. But why wouldn't they? Like, how did that feel to know? Because the the thing about our experience is we're we're the only one that has been there the whole time. So there's a lot of times where like like I know where I've been, and I'll be in circumstances like whoa, like right. if you would only know, right? right? So to have that feeling like oh they they're putting me on the front at the front desk, I'm the yeah. first person that 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 they see when it, when somebody comes into the gym, right? You know, like I'm trusted with this responsibility. I'm looked at as trustworthy and honest after being a person that if it's not nailed down, it's mine. You you, you know, like how did that, like how did that feel? How did that feel for you? It felt like, and everybody will tell you because I say this all the time and it still feels the same today. It feels like when I walk through the door, somebody puts a big blanket on me, you know, Mm. and it comforts me. It makes me feel safe. That's what it felt like. And that's what it still feels like today. These people knew all of this about me because like I said, I'm very transparent from the beginning about things that I've done because I just can't hold them in anymore. You know what I mean? And they knew this and still they wanted me at their front desk, greeting people, enrolling people, letting them know, you know, what we got going on here. And that made me want to do more for the Phoenix. It got me to where I was getting a raise and I didn't have a title. And Jess Morgan and Jen Weiner gave me the title of community champion. And when they told me that, I was like, what? What the hell kind of title (laughs) is that? Are you kidding me? I'm not telling anybody I'm community champion. And then people started asking me, well, what does a community champion do? And I started saying the words and telling them what I do, not community champion, what I do. And then I was like, wait a minute. You's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm like, (laughs) okay. All right, yeah, I'm community champion. And you know what? The champ is here. The champ is here. And today I have a different title, right? But I'm still the community champion. I don't care what anybody says. I am CC. 
That's me, you know? Mm. And let me tell you something, Bryce. It has been an amazing journey and it still is. Um, I still ride those waves because you know how they say when you love your when you love your job, you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't getting a paycheck, I mean I'm not gonna say it wouldn't matter because you know gotta pay the rent. But <laughs> um if I was ever to move on, I'd still be I'd still at least volunteer. Mm-hmm. I'd still be a part of like you cannot take the Phoenix out of my life. You know, yeah. because, and I'm so grateful because it gave me a platform to be able to be that voice, to be that advocate. Now I am member relations specialist. And what I do is I'm still at that front desk greeting people, bringing them in and letting them know what's up. But I go above and beyond that because we're not just a gym. You know what I mean? I do a lot of the outreach. I um, visit a lot of the local providers. I go out and I bring people in. Now I have my own All Pathways meeting. It's not NA, it's not AA, it's uh, whatever you're feeling. Because not everybody's in recovery from drugs and alcohol. You know what I mean? I do a lot of the outreach and I talk about us. I I never present the Phoenix as a physical gym first. First, we're a sober community, right? Mm -hmm. So people that are in recovery, people that support recovery, all walks of life are welcome as long as you got 48 hours of sobriety and that commitment to being sober, okay? We are that sober community first. And what I want to know first is what can we do to help you maintain your recovery? What can we do to keep you in an unconditionally supportive space? What can we do to keep you in a positive, a safe space? And then we'll get you jacked while we're doing it, okay? Mm. We are in person. (laughs) We're virtual. You ain't got time for any of that? Well, you know what? We're pre-recorded on demand. Stop playing. You can come whenever (laughs) you want to, all right? And I am around people that are just like me, okay? We're related. And again, what can I do moving forward to help you have at least a little bit of peace in your life? If you, I've listed, um, we're, we're listed as one of the recovery resources out here. So if you need help with housing, if you need help with a job, if you need help with job training, if you need help with this, that, or the other thing, I've taken upon myself to do research and I have two big folders with packets that I made for people with any kind of assistance that you could ever need in life. I'm talking about from basic needs and assistance to shelters, to NA meetings, to detoxes, to suicide prevention. You need to go to a detox if you need help with domestic violence, if your kids need childcare. I mean, I've made a list for just about everything that somebody in early recovery could possibly need is somebody who was homeless, somebody you looking for a job. I got the hookup at Mass Hire and my guy works for you until you get that job. I've gotten maybe eight or nine people recently employment because you know what? We're not just a regular gym, okay? (laughs) What can I do to help you save your life? All right? That's Mm. what it's about. You know, that's what gets me high today. 
And it's such a good feeling. I am so proud of myself. My kids are so proud of me. My husband, right? I've known my husband for 31. I've been with my husband for 31 years. I've known him for 40 years, right? And we just got physically married last year. Guess who married us? My daughter got ordained for the day and she married her parents. She's like, my (laughs) parents are getting married. I'm doing it. And we had (laughs) our wedding at our son's house. Okay? Like, it doesn't get any better than that. You know what I mean? This is Mm. life. And let's be clear. Just because I'm in recovery and I'm not out there ripping and running and using again doesn't mean that I don't have a bad day. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you know, I got those rose-colored glasses on and there's pink and purple elephants all over the place and, you know, I'm skipping through the grass. Nah, we're not doing that. We got to work every day for what we want. But you know what? There is no reason, no reason, plenty of excuses, but not one reason I have to use today because what do I do? I uh, am a member, relations specialist, community champion, at the Phoenix. <laughs> and uh, life is good today. You are you are a superstar, Dina. You well, you what? are you I are agree. a, a <laughs> I you agree. are an example. I didn't feel like that a couple of years ago. You are an example of redemption, uh, if ever there was one. And you are exactly who we need on the front lines doing this work and connecting with the people and and stoking the fire of community cultivation. A question that I have for you is you do a lot. Yeah. You do a lot. And you know, you like energetically, like you you a fireball. You, you know, uh, like you, you, you're a champion. I am strong like bull. Right? <laughs> so how do you like how do you how do you take care of yourself? How do you maintain that resolve? How do you stay how do you stay how do you stay in that energy? Self-care is really, really important. And just like I tell other people that, I tell myself that too. Um, last year, I had a massive heart attack. Oh my God, you want to talk about scary? But you know what? I'm still here. And you know why? Because I was physically active, working out at the Phoenix. So my heart was clogged, but very strong. So I'm yeah. still here. Thank God. But it changes some things. You know, self-care is very, very important. And I'm not talking about just the outside. I'm talking about the inside. Those feelings of doubt, sometimes still those feelings of guilt and shame. What do I do about those? I let somebody know, you know, because nobody can help me if I don't tell them where it hurts. And, Mm -hmm. you know, let's not make any mistake about it. I still hurt, you know? I still struggle. I have tools today. I have people today. I let things in my life that are helpful to me. I let things in my life that are healthy um, and things that I know will help me. Like I was telling you earlier, if I want to cry walking down the street in the rain, I cry. So what? Um, You know, if I want to go into a room and stick my face in a pillow and scream my head off, I do. If I want to go have ice cream and sit and have a movie, I do that too. Um, I spend a lot of time with my kids. You know what? I'm a brand new grandmother, okay? A first-time grandmother. My uh, baby, Augie, turned eight months old yesterday. He's named after my dad. Pretty cool. My son named him after my dad. 
So you know what? For me, Bryce, it's little things. I don't need anything humongous. Because let me tell you something. When I was out there using, right? And I did work. And, and when I was working, my whole paycheck belonged to my drug dealer. And the one for the next week belonged to him too. But I got tired of paying my uh, drug dealer's rent, making him a house in, in DR, uh, paying his car insurance and, I'm, and, and his car note, and I'm still walking. You know what I mean? No mm-hmm. freaking way. So today, every time I get paid, right? And I'm telling you, it could be a pencil. Nothing, nothing major. I buy myself something small, even like a trinket or something. Because you know what? I got now... I got something to show for what I worked for. I'm not mm. giving it away for nobody this time. You know, I could take um, my my kids out. Like they don't they don't let me ever pay the bill, and I try. But my daughter's like quick draw with that damn phone. I'll be getting <laughs> my card out my wallet, and she's already got it paid with the damn phone pay or whatever. Drives me crazy. <laughs> um, you know, but just doing little things and being available. That's the big thing. The little things are, you know, the little things. But the biggest thing for me today is being available because I can remember a time when I was using, like I said, with heroin, it's physical, okay? And if I wasn't off E, if I had uh, didn't get straight, I couldn't be where I needed to be to do what I had to do until I had, call it my medicine in me. And I hated that so much because I hated the thought of having to put something in my body to feel normal, whatever normal Mm. is. You know what I mean? I can remember um, not too long ago, my daughter got sick and uh, she was in the hospital for like a week or two. She was kicking me out of there. She was like, mommy, go work out, go do something, get out, you know? And I know I'm going to stay for the day. She's like, no, you're not. Go do something with yourself. But today I'm available. You know what I mean? For anything, yeah. anything. Mm. And it feels so good. And uh, another thing I like to do is go get my tattoos. I love getting my tattoos on. I'm yeah, you like tats? Listen, I go get my tats on. I love them. But I got some really, really pretty ones. You know what I mean? I have some, and all of my pieces mean something to me. Yeah. Uh, my son, for my son, I put, uh, he cannot help but be a poem. He is the perfect thing by Nico, you know, Mm. little things like that. I love life today. Today, I don't want to die, you know, and I don't need anything extravagant. I just want to be happy. That's all. And I don't ask for much. Um, I know I do a lot. And sometimes I have to sit down and pull back and set up those boundaries and say, no, I can't. I'm going home. I'm going to go chill. I'm going to go put my feet up. I'm going to go hang out with Spartacus, Milo, and Daisy, my cats, my babies. (laughs) Um, You know, or I'm going to have date night with the hubby. We're going to go do something. You know, or I'll spend time with my brother or my sister. And, you know, I gave up all of those things that made me miserable. You know Mm. what I mean? And I'll tell you what, I don't forget them because if I do, I'm doomed to repeat them. Mm. You know, and I do everything possible to maintain my recovery, you know, and that comes first. That comes first. And the job that I do is a big part of what I do to maintain my recovery. Because you know what? 
sometimes I'm out there, Bryce, and I see all that craziness going on. And it's like, you know what? That shit is real. Mm-hmm. It is real. And uh, so, uh, we don't want to be there. Yeah, I think this is probably been the most comprehensive episode that we've had where uh, I could just sit back and shut up and let Dina run the show. Like this well, is, I uh, told you I was going <laughs> to let you off the hook. Just chill. I got this. I could be... Uh, see, this was some co-host stuff right here, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, you I don't... got questions. I got answers. What's up with you? No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> my story is meant to be effective in that I want to be able to keep it real, be as open as I can. And if I'm uncomfortable talking about something, I just say that. But for the most part, I'm going to give you all of me so that you might be able to help find some of you, you know? Mm. Yep. And that's that's what I do. That's recovery in action. There you Uh, go. Talk about well, th- thank you, thank you for coming and, and sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us today. You know, I it. know somebody's listening to this episode and it's I like, whoa, so blown away, yeah. blown away. Uh, if they all uh, need anything, just give me a holler. D Gonzalez at thephoenix.org. Y'all heard it. Come y'all find heard me. It. I'm here in Boston. Well, there you go. I mean, and, and like I said, that that's it, y'all. For real. Um, Dina. Thank you. This has been phenomenal. You're so welcome. I'm so glad that I made it. Um, and I hope that um, I hope that this um, podcast helps somebody out. Yeah. Um, and if oh, there's I, anything I that I could do to be useful in that realm, please reach out to me. We can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. Yeah. We're yeah. all we got. We all we got. That's it. All right. Well, we will catch y'all next time on the next episode of Rise, Recover, Live. Rise, recover, and live. There it is. So now you're excited. Bryce, Liz, how do I get involved with the Phoenix? Well, my friend, it is super simple. We actually have an app. Head over to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store or look in the show notes of this podcast, wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast, and go download the Phoenix app. The Phoenix app makes it so easy to find classes that are near you or to access our virtual class schedule where you can hop on from the comfort of your home. You can also join our groups and have a conversation with someone from the Phoenix community from anywhere in the world. Please make sure that you join the podcast group where you can connect with Bryce and I and other listeners. Everything that you need is in the show notes. You can also head to our website at www.thephoenix.org. And maybe while you're there, you click the volunteer tab and get even more involved.